I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast and we return with another defeat to talk about. It's been a pretty hellish Christmas period if you spot Rotherham United from a football point of view. Um, so we'll dive into the final game of that period. Happy New Year. I should start by saying I hope everyone had a great New Year uh, until about three minutes past three on New Year's Day. Then it all went downhill, didn't it? Um, there's plenty to cover again. Three other things, as we mentioned. Plenty to cover on and off the pitch, which we'll go through over the next hour or so. Uh, Mick is back with us. How are you doing, Michael? Happy David, you have a nice new year. You're sorry, mate. Did you have, have a nice new year? Uh, up until, like you just said, three minutes past three yesterday and it all went belly up from there on, didn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, happy new year anyway. Danny, Danny's with us. Danny, happy new year, mate. Happy new year and happy new year to everybody who's watching live and uh, watching in future. As well, in the future, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin Johnson's back with his idea. Kevin, you're having, having, having a good new year, yeah, brilliant, mate, absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. I like to see if wearing the uh, podcast official podcast shirt, as well as nice <laughs> <laughs> um, go through the comments. Got lots of happy new years. Usually, it says good evening, happy new year to the fellow Millers, uh, Ian Wilmot, Scott Grundy, Steve Thomas, Neil Limbersid, Simon Thorne, loads of people with us tonight, Sean Green, Neil Jordan. Uh, Steve Gundy, Hope, Paul Brock, all with us. Thank you very much um, for being with us so far. If you haven't already, first of all, thank you for being subscribed to the YouTube channel. We've hit our 800 target already, mm-hmm. 810 something now. Mm-hmm. If you haven't already, please go over 900 by the end of the season. Less than 100 is easy to do in less than five months. Easy peasy, especially if we keep having loads of things to talk about. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and keep doing our... Um, changing manager would be perfect. Um, yeah, so thank you everybody who's done that. Go up if you haven't already. Please do subscribe. Um, Mick, I'm going to give you a free reign on this one. Where would you like to start? Because <laughs> there's about four or five different things. Do you want to start with the football first, the actual kicking of the ball? or Was there any? <laughs> <laughs> Not from us. Well, the one kind of Washington I can think of. I mean, 
to be fair, you know, if you talk about football, all you're going to do is, all I'm going to do is repeat exactly what I've said for the past four podcasts, um, which is a bit bizarre, really, isn't it? You know, I mean, you're saying the same things, that, all of which are which are negative. We can all see them. And yet, the next time it comes along, same thing happens again. Definition of insanity, of insanity isn't it? Doing the same thing time and time again, expecting a different result. Oh, Mick, you've nicked what I was going to say. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> is it safe to assume we've all played Far Cry 3? Because that is where I get that quote from. <laughs> it, it's um, just bizarre. Bizarre? Yeah. Okay, but the, the forms. Yeah, since since we came back from World Cup, it's just I, I can't. I genuinely cannot get my head around it. I can't understand it. I don't. I don't get it. Okay, that's it, really. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. I'll see you later. See you later, <laughs> mate. Good pleasure, <laughs> um, <laughs> Danny. We're, let's go back to where it almost went right. We were 1-0 down at, at, coming into the 45th minute and we have a chance. I don't know how we would have gone in level. It would have been the most criminal half-time ever. But we should have been going in at 1-1 at half-time and think how different things could have been. Yeah, <clears throat> talking about uh, Connor Washington's chance there. Yes. Um, I mean, we just seemed everything just seemed to click just for a brief moment, and we played some actually good football in the build-up, and then Wash goes through on goal, and you just expect him to hit it. You know, even if the keeper saves it, it's a corner, or you know, there's someone making a run, and you know, we can put a little bit of pressure on. But he sort of tries to take it round the keeper, and then gets his body shape all wrong, and then <coughs> just skies it, and. Honest, honestly, I, I was just stood with my head between my knees. Like, that's how far of an angle my body bent over that he'd missed that. And I've seen you in real life, and I can't believe you could do that. I'm more flexible than you think, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know how he's missed it. You know, Washington's a striker. You've seen him score goals like that before, and it's just like, why go around the keeper? Is it because he's up top and he's got no support? So he sort of has to try and go around the keeper because he hasn't got the angle. I'm not sure. But it's just, like I said in the last podcast, it's just pure frustration. And that was the, the combination of it all. Thinking it could be just a hit and hope with his left foot, but he tries to go around him. It's like, oh, the chance was there just to get a bit of positivity. And even that's gone. He's got to the point now, lads, where it's just like, can we just score? I don't care <laughs> if we lose 6-1. As long as we score, you know what I mean? He's getting to that point. Uh, but I don't know how he's missed. I do, but I don't know how it's got to that point where he has completely skied it and not even got it on target when he was through on goal. Mm. Yeah, I, that that one moment, Kev, almost summed up the entire Christmas period, really. It was just rubbish. And I feel sorry for Carlos yeah. because he was trying and he got himself in a good position, but mm. I can't really forgive that misfortune for him. No, I, I think he actually did the right thing. Um, mm. he, scored one at, he scored one at New York Stadium early in the season, similar to that, and it was... A much, much cuter angle. Yeah, yeah, did yeah, yeah. Much, much worse angle. Buried it in mm. top corner. This one, I think he did the right thing going around the keeper. But then, yeah, lack of confidence, lack of beliefs. Something, something made him miss it. But like I said, they, them chances come few and far between when you're struggling. So you, you've got to bury him. Mm. Yeah, you got you got a mill wall. You've got to take those chances. They're they're a solid team, as I showed yesterday. I know we were rubbish, but I, for the first forty-five minutes, I thought Millwall were pretty good. Yeah, they then didn't have to do anything for the next forty-five minutes. They still scored twice. Um, 
the only positive I've found from yesterday is that I got the prediction right for the three 0 loss. So that's that's a positive for me. Um, I did. <laughs> that's all we've got in terms of positives, I think. Um, oh, I have a positive. Mick, I have a positive, well, but it's got nothing well. to do with the game. It was beforehand. We'll take it, go on, mate. <laughs> um, so yeah, so just in the build-up to to Millwall game, we had a, a little wander about round uh, Greenwich. And uh, it was one of the best adventure walks I've been on. We walked under the Thames. It was mint. We found a tunnel. We walked under it. Was brilliant. I loved it, mate. Right? And that, that that set up the day. Everything bar the football was fantastic about that away day. Unfortunately, we still had to go and spend two hours at the football, which is a shame. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's brave or stupid walking around Millwall. I'm not working out yet. <laughs> well, well, someone did come up to us and say, uh, what football shirts are they? And we went, oh, uh, we're Rotherham fans. And he says, oh, you're playing Charlton today. <laughs> uh, so you're far enough away. away. Yeah, so it's like nowhere to play in Mill and it just goes, Oh, good luck. It's like, <laughs> yep, cheers. Yeah. Um positive make I found the positive, Victor. Let's talk about Victor. Let's have two minutes positivity. Victor Johansson comfortably around the match with some stunning saves. And an even bigger positive is it all the sounds are that he is the one that is closest to signing the contract, which could be announced in the next couple of days. Um that's brilliant news. Yeah, you've got to be mad to be a goalkeeper, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and the way things are going, you've got to be mad to sign a contract with this club. So, uh, so it's probably it probably is right. Listen, he were outstanding, weren't he? He's been outstanding all season. Um, and, and to be fair, we don't. I don't think any of us expect anything less from Victor Dewey. You know what I mean? He set the bar high, and he, he reaches it every time. Um, it's just it's just such a crying shame that he doesn't get any support. Um, from 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 what's happening in front of him, he's just he, you know it, it's I don't know he's he's just thrown under the bus every every game or he has been since since we came back from World Cup and it's it's just a shame. But I suppose from his point of view, you know, he gets more practice and he becomes a better goalkeeper, doesn't he? So <laughs> maybe that's why he's staying. Apparently, you cases don't get me hopes up. It'd be very rather United to bowl this contract up from here, to be honest with you. Um, oh, yeah. But if you, listen, if you listen to his interview with Radio Sheffield, it was incredibly positive. I took from it anyway. Um, all the rumours you hear is that it's essentially a done deal. Hopefully. Mm. <laughs> Hopefully it gets over the line, unlike other things. Um, yeah, Stephen Thomas says, we appear to have forgotten how to play even the basic elements, which I think is right. Um, Stephen Thomas and Simon Thorne talk about Barlas's pass for the Washington chance, which absolutely were brilliant. Uh, but Adam Hardcastle says, you can't rely on one chance per game, to be fair to Washington. Mm. Absolutely right as well. Yeah. Um, Danny, let's move on to some serious negatives. Oh, I want to start with Matt Taylor's post-match because I found it really difficult to listen to, to be honest with you. I've come to you first before, Mick, because I've heard what Mick's had to say about this. <laughs> and you will all hear what Mick's got to say with it. Minus the swear words, you'll hear what Mick's got to say about it. Yeah, that, that's it, Matt. Use me as the nice fluffy cloud lining yeah. before we get into Mick's words. Yeah, yeah. OK. Um, I'm just read you one of the quotes from him, which I, I just... If, if the, your boss said this about you to everybody else around you, bear in mind how it feels... He said, they're not good enough to insert in actions. There's not a lack of effort. There is a lack of quality. They aren't good enough at what they do, essentially, Danny. Bearing in mind, a month ago, they were good enough. Two months ago, they were good enough. Three months ago, they were good enough. I struggled a lot with that. I saw the quotes, and I, I held off, and I wanted to listen to it in full to make sure it, it's as bad as it sounded. And it was as bad as it sounded. It feels like it's 
throwing the players under the bus. I and mean, I don't want to be too harsh on him, but I thought it was a really, really, really poor interview. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I have to admit, an interview like that is a journalist's dream because there's yes. so much quotable material in it. Um, I think that interview is, again, a lot of frustration from Matt Taylor that the system he's trying to play isn't being applied effectively both by himself, the coaching team, and the players as a collective, I think. Um, but that interview definitely sounds like taking a sledgehammer to a brick wall. You know, that is such a stern and hard <clears throat> comment to make to the press as well. I think if you'd have said that in the dressing room, you know, you could have had um, a proper exchange with the players, you know, and really voiced everybody's opinions. But in private, to say that to uh, the press is... I'm not going to say it's it's poor PR because obviously the football manager you have done the PR in interviews before and some managers are a lot more brutally honest than others. A lot of them try to hide behind certain cliches, and I think because it is so brutally honest from Matt Taylor, it does feel like he has thrown the players under the bus. Maybe he has, maybe he's done that to get a reaction out of the players. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but it's like to hear that after a loss as fans it's a bit of a wow you know so I actually dread to think how that made the players feel if they've picked up on that you know that must have been a very gloomy atmosphere on that team was coming out mm. very much so Carl Scott says that he's just being honest let's be fair I suppose Kev but there's ways and means of sort of doing it and I think coming in it's still relatively new to the, to the board so he hasn't got three years' worth of experience and three years' worth of trust is from the players. He's coming in brand new. I I, well, I, said, I, would, I would certainly know how I would feel if I was one of those players after hearing that interview. I, would, I certainly wouldn't be happy. Yeah. No, no, definitely not. I'm, I mean, I've, I've managed people in the past in, in different jobs and that. And, you know, if someone in someone in my team was struggling or, or not doing very well, last thing I'd do is go on air and slate them. You'd, you know, you'd take them... I'm not going back to his previous manager, Paul Warren once he's done that, they took him in a closed room, done it behind closed doors. Um, but it, it, it felt a bizarre interview to me. It were almost, I weren't, I weren't sure whether we were blaming the players that we got or blaming previous management for yeah. inheriting them players we got. It, it, it were bonkers. I, I didn't see any logic in doing it at all. And, you know, he's right, maybe what he's saying, there is some truth in it, but, but doing it in public like that, it's not, it's, not, it's not the way I'd do it. I don't think it's the way many people would. Mm. Yeah, uh, Ian Bradley says Taylor seems to have lost the confidence from members of the squad. If if that is the case, we need to offload and recruit the right players. We'll come into some more bits about that in it later on, probably. John Merrill, Birmingham fan says you can take it one of two ways. He's clearly trying to change the playing style, and they aren't good enough to do that, which he maybe which he maybe is right. However, any experienced manager isn't isn't going to do it that way. Yeah, um, Mick. Adam Carcassley says, uh, "If Taylor is sending a message to Tony Stewart saying they're not good enough, but trying to, uh, but he's trying to much more likely to get him some players uh, they, by saying they aren't good enough, that's something I suggested to you. That basically it's a message to, to the owner saying these players aren't good enough. Give me some cash, essentially. Come on to that again. Come on to that later on. Um, just on the Matt Taylor comments. Um, have have your free reign. Shall I get my flag ready?" I would, if you've got a flag, go go make Rallant Rant flag. Okay. <laughs> Somebody bad. described it on Twitter as a car crash interview, and and it, it was an absolute twenty-two car pile-up. It weren't just a car crash, were it? It is. I mean, it, it it's more for me. 
and, and having, having had 24 hours to think about it now and, and, and look at what's been said, it's more worrying than the performances on the pitch, to be honest. We've got a manager in charge. And I, 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 before I start, I, I, genuinely, I've got nothing against the bloke. I, I, I'm only saying what I see at the moment and, and what's happened. But if we've got a manager in charge that thinks that that is an acceptable way to speak in public about the players that he's coaching, then we're in trouble. We're in big trouble because it's absolutely outrageous what he's said and wrong. Mm. Just, just palpably wrong. It's just not accurate at all. So it, it suggests to me that he, do, he hasn't even he doesn't even know what he's got in terms of the players, because to say that they haven't got the quality that they've not got any quality is utter garbage. We've seen the opposition that we've played in this division this season, and it is like I said. I think I put it out in a tweet last night. The bulk of this division is is bang average League One. It is not not Championship quality apart from the odd one or two up at the top, the rest would struggle or would would do all right in League One. So if, if that's what he's saying, if he's saying that our players are not up to quality, that's just absolute garbage. It really is rubbish. What he's actually saying is, if you read a little bit to it, into it, is they're not capable or don't want or are not, for whatever reason, putting into practice what I'm asking them to do. That's a different story, but he's not. That's not what he said, is it? He's just said they're not good enough. Um, and another one of the quotes from one of the interviews was that we, we couldn't match Millwall's intensity yesterday. Mm. Intensity. I mean, did he watch the same <laughs> game that I watched? Because there was there was no intensity whatsoever from Millwall, and we could match this team, this squad of players, the squad of players that he picked and put out on the pitch yesterday, could match anybody. Anybody in this division for intensity, anybody, no question about that. So, so the issue here, as far as I'm concerned, lies fairly and squarely at the, at the feet of Matt Taylor and his coaching team at the moment. <laughs> it does. It does. These players have proved up until the World Cup break that they are capable of mixing it with the best in this division. We ain't going to get promoted. We were never going to get promoted, but we should and could be well clear of the relegation zone. We have got more than enough quality in this squad, more than enough. And that's not suggesting that we're a quality championship side. That's taking into account the, the, the level of quality within the division itself, which is as low as I've ever seen it. It's appalling. And if 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 if, if he thinks sitting, standing there after, after losing 3-0 to a to a, a poor Millwall side, a really poor Millwall side. And I'm sure a lot, I'm not I'm not having a dig at Millwall. I, I, I've been having sort of looked at looked at some of the Twitter accounts over the over the course of this season. A lot of Millwall fans are say the same. They're not a great side. But they do what they do and they do it well. But they've no more quality in that side than we have. None. Not I'm not having it. I'm not wearing it. So to that, I mean, that's one side of it. But then to call them out in public just beggars belief. It really does beg a belief for me. It's it's got to be one of the worst um, worst things you can do as a leader, as a manager, to call out your players. Yeah. Take some responsibility. He needs to take responsibility. The only thing that has changed since we were mixing it with a with a with a better team in this division, the only thing that has changed is. 
what he's implemented and his coaching team have implemented and what they're asking the players to do. That's the only thing that's changed. Take some responsibility and don't start throwing people under the bus because I'm telling you now, it ain't going to end well. It won't end well. Hmm. Yeah, I, I basically agree with most of what you said there, Mick. I think we ended with three or four minute rant, but that's fine. We'll, we'll... Four minute five. <laughs> four minute five, beautiful. <laughs> um, and it is difficult, Danny, because and we're not we're not sitting here saying we're a playoff team. I think the few people in the comments sort of disagree. What we're saying is this champ. I think everybody at the start of the season said this championship is as bad as it's been in a long time. There's, there is literally maybe three. You can maybe include Watford. If when the Watford finally get going on their fifth manager, they'll be one of the top three teams. Everybody else is, is bang average. You could say we're going to garbage because they are at the minute, but so are we. This is a real opportunity to play in a way that suits the players, which I think is the first and foremost you should be doing. Play to your strengths. Um, and not try and take change too much at once. It feels like he's tried to do change too much at once, and when it's not worked, I'll be honest, it sounds lost from his interviews and from what he's saying. Yeah, um, I think I think sounding lost is a little bit little bit harsh because as as a football manager, you do need to be adaptable to certain situations. And we did see that in the beginning, he was adaptable to what he had in front of him. Um, but I'm I'm re- I'm really not sure. I think I, I feel as though I'm repeating myself all the time, and it's just like January is going to be massive and probably going to make or break our season. It shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the case at all because because Taylor needs to be adaptable with the tools he has in front of him, um, and not being helped by the players that are injured at the minute, which is sort of why I can let off Connor Washington playing up top on his own. Um, mm. But at but at the same time. Taylor's now now must be looking at January going, right, who can I bring in to play the way I want to play? And fair enough, if, if he does want to apply it that way, which is the way that him and his coaching staff know from Exeter, then, yeah. But you sort of have to look come at, the, come at it that way from a, uh, from a summer transfer window perspective rather than trying to completely change the wheel before you've got January out of the way. I think playing the hybrid system that he implemented when he first came in and when we really got some good results, you know, especially like Luton and Sheffield United and such like that, um, if he did kept the hybrid system and then started tweaking it in January, mm. then, yeah, we could sort of see it. But then the question remains that if you don't implement it straight away, when are you going to rip that, that bandage off? You know, when's that plaster going to come off and when are you going to try and play your own way? Because... You know, it usually takes two, maybe three transfer windows to completely get it right, what you want. So I can sort of understand him wanting to bring it in before his first transfer window, because then he can start tweaking it properly to the way he wants. But at the same time, in hindsight, which is a wonderful thing, hindsight, isn't it? He could have just hung on just a little bit longer, you know, tried his system out with the Cypress camp and then go, maybe we don't quite have enough, we'll keep with that system and then slowly roll it off through January sort of thing. But that hasn't that isn't that isn't the way it's transpired, and now we're all just frustrated and sad, and yeah, <laughs> happy new year, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Ian Bradley says either way it needs changing. We can't sack Matt Taylor. He says he's on a three-year contract. Let him get his own players in, get the players who wants out, and leave him out, and give him time. John Morell says disagrees with Mick. Um, we, we, we think we have a couple of okay championship players. 
but the rest of them are not up to not up to scratch. Most of, the, most of the championship teams this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah precisely. And I, could, I mean, I could say the same about Birmingham, John, with the greatest respect, and, but I, I don't know because I don't see Birmingham. <laughs> so much, you know what I mean, and, 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 and I'm not being smart. I'm not being smart with that, and you know I'm not. Um, it, it, the, the fact is that we, we are good enough. Our squad is good enough, in my view. No question to keep us in this division. It ain't going to start pushing us through. It's good enough, no question. The quality is there. Mm. He talked about injuries, Kev, as well. And I'll just use one position as an example. From what I can, off the top of my head, we had a full strength defence to pick from. I know we've got midfield and striking issues, but we had a full strength defence to pick from. Yeah. And defensively, again, once again, we were almost an embarrassment. I mean, Cameron Humphreys, as an example, had a really poor game. His, his drop off from where he was when he first came into now. Yeah. Is the biggest drop off of the season. It's just that feels like the key area. Obviously, it's considering three goals, two goals, three goals, and whatever. But that there's no excuses there from in, from an injury point of view. With a full full defense to pick from. Well, he, he had six on bench as well, so he could have yeah. been them as well. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. The defending was shocking. I know, you know, attack's your best form of defense, and we didn't have any attack. But still, there's some there's some experience there. That they're not kids being chucked in at the, the deep, and they're experienced defenders who should be able to act under instructions and deal with that. And yet again, they were left waiting again. They were terrible again. Um, not going to pinpoint at individual people, but um, obviously as a unit, that, that back is not working. I don't, I don't know what he can do to change it or who he can bring in and switch it around. But yeah, something's got to change there. Hmm. Yeah, it has. Um, Sarah Ogden says, our score was good enough without the injury. Strength in depth is obviously a massive, massive issue and that's not Taylor's fault. No, it's not. Absolutely, no, absolutely not. You lose Chio, no. you lose a couple of the players. Yeah. But a back five, you know, six if you include Victor, was almost first choice. Um mm. midfield were almost first choice, other than Wilesy. Yeah. It's first choice midfield. You're only you losing a second striker, because Connor Washington would probably have started Mick anyway. So you're only you're only really missing Chio and Wilesy from a start at eleven. So are we that from a injury point of view, are we that badly off? Uh, not particularly, no. I mean, in an ideal world, we'd have everybody fit, but um, you know, there's no point. You could play 15 players up front if you're not going to get ball to them. It makes no difference, does it? Mm. You know, and, and and in order to get ball to them, you've got to have ball. In order to have the ball, you've got to press and, and challenge and try and win the ball back. Yeah, interested <clears throat> all the way across the park. And this is why I, I say that this is, in my view, it's not nothing to do with the players in, as individuals. And it's nothing to do necessarily about them not understanding what they're being asked to do. Because, you know, as a footballer, if, you're, if you're, you, need to, you want to challenge for the ball, you want to win it back, you want to win it back. We don't want to win the ball back. No. That's, that has been absolutely perfect, crystal clear since the minute... We, we, we walked out after the World Cup. Once we're out of possession, we've no intention of going after the ball. And, and we're standing off players, particularly on the edge of the box, giving them three or four yards. This is, this, is, this is basic, basic stuff. So therefore, these players are more are experienced enough not to allow that to happen and not to do that unless they're being told to do it. Yeah. I'm not wearing that. The, go on, sorry, Kev. I, no, I was going to say, I think that's the most disappointing thing for me. That press, what you just mentioned, it's, it's gone. It's, it's not non-existent anymore. 
And that used to be our, that that's the Robin Williams. I know it's different management, but it worked. And you know, even if we came off the pitch losing a game, and you saw him and pressing and pressing and pressing, trying to make a mistake, you you know you, you were quite happy. But th- that's not there, and they're never going to make their mistakes. And defenders never going to give that ball away. Keeper's never going to kick it into touch because he's being rushed upon. It's all mm. just gone. Yeah. And, and, and it's absolutely key. I know he wants to implement a, a more possession-based uh, style of football. Fantastic. I have no issue with that. But this this all harps back, doesn't it, to sort of back end of 2000s and into 2010s when Barcelona were playing lovely, tippy-tappy football all over pitch. And and, and it, it became a coaching... It, it became They became a mecca for coaches. You know, this is how we should play football. It's the beautiful game. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. But what the, what we seem to have missed is that Barca and all these teams who can play it are hugely high pressing teams. They press really high. They press energetically. They, they it's not just playing the ball about. But then you know, what we get is the Championship version of it. You know the Swansea's and, and 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 other teams that try to emulate it. But we only go for one bit. We don't go for the key bit. Because you can't play nice possession-based football without a football. Mm. It's just doesn't make sense, and that's what we're trying to do. Mm. I know uh, I keep saying, I keep repeating myself. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. We're gonna, you know, what it is, what it is. We're just saying what you're thinking. It. Um, but Ian Bradley's comment. Look at the two Huddersfield game goals. Um, just completely agree. Yeah. Um, Terry Adams, we stopped competing and just hoping for a counter to sneak another result rather than going at teams. Um, we need a plan B. Shelley said we need a plan B. doesn't seem to have found one. We found out in certain aspects of our game we can't seem to counteract that. I would argue we need a plan A at the moment um, because I couldn't I, I couldn't tell you, Danny. It's all right saying, yeah, we want to play possession football. Yesterday we didn't try to play possession football. What was what was the plan? If you If you were to guess... What was the plan yesterday? A counter-attack, which, which obviously nearly worked once with Wash, or was it maybe a case of hope? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think it's one of them situations where I'm going to have to ask me crystal ball that question, because <laughs> I, I, I didn't know either. Um, uh, I mean, we conceded inside, what, six minutes or so? So Yeah, so whatever plan A was, it went out the window within the first five minutes, you know, because it, it didn't work, like, all right, fair enough. There is the argument that Victor could have got to it, but you know he's obviously seen it late, and maybe the opportunity shouldn't even be there. Um, but it's just whatever the plan was, it went straight away, and then I think it was just get it away from our goal and try and score. We nearly got mm. it with Wash, but it didn't. And then second half, I thought we started a little bit brighter in the second half, but again that plan. Went out window as soon as the second goal goes in, which was the out. Was that the out? Was that the own goal? The second one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which it, very nice of Millwall to have their own replays on the board, so you could see what was happening. Because uh, <laughs> the away end don't normally get that, uh, and to see the massive deflection, the ball takes off. Um, whoever it came off, Humphreys, I think. Yeah, whoever it came off. And then it's just like, oh, we're going so far wide and it's deflected. That's just summed up the afternoon, you know. Um, And then the third one just finished it off and it was just like, right, sound. Um, But yeah, you're right. Sometimes, at least in the recent matches, I don't even know what plan A is. And I, I like to think I have some sort of understanding of football tactics and the systems that we play. 
And it's just like, right, what's the system? It's concede first. Oh, we lose doing that. Oh, okay, never mind then. But I, I go back to my other point. I think uh, after the um, the Stoke game, we had a little bit of a lift against Huddersfield because we'd actually scored. And I think we need that again. We need to score because it'll instill a little bit of confidence, certainly in the attacking line and in the rest of the team. Like, actually, you know what? We can do this. And that might play into the psychology of Matt Taylor's comments, trying to boost the team. And maybe they get the goal and go, actually, you know what? We are good enough. And then it just keeps ticking over that way. Um, but I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know. But yeah, you're telling I, me is that naive, Danny? Are you that he thinks that that's going to motivate somebody? Some, sometimes, it does. sometimes it sometimes it does. But for me, really? it, it'd be nice to see a little bit more possession football, even if it's when the game feels a little bit flat, just to get that little bit of a high press, you know, just to unravel the opposition. I'd love to see that come back because watching that high press football was great. But at this point, it's like, just stop tippy-tapping it about and go forwards. You know, that that's another frustration. Don't tippy-tap it. We're not England. I know I sound like my granddad saying that, but we're not England. We don't knock it about round the back and hope something happens. We need to push forward and work hard football. And that's what I want to see come back. That's what I want to see us at least try and do with Ipswich. You know, like, it's in the FA Cup, switch it up, try and play different. That's what I want to see. And if it works, then you apply it to the next game. Um, it's just frustration. That's why I've opened a beer. It's just frustration. <laughs> a warm beer from yesterday. <laughs> it's actually, it actually quite cool, to be fair. <laughs> it's um, not quite room temperature, so it'll do. A different view on it, Kev. Sam, Sam Hadfield says, no doubt in that, and he slated Taylor and he was However, players also have to take some responsibility. It, looks, it seems like they can't borrow due to injuries. How much sort of blame do you put on the players on yesterday's performance? Some, I assume. Uh, yeah, well, probably a fair bit. Um, but like going back to what Taylor said publicly, he, he's, he's blaming them wholly. But players have got to take responsibility. You know, they they the professional footballers. If I prefer playing centre mid, if far turn up on a Sunday and he says, right, you're playing right back today, you play right back and get on with it. You, you're a professional. You can adjust and do that. So they have, and yeah, I think the players yesterday to me it seemed like they were, they were they were lacking. Leadership from they were lacking what being told from sidelines. They, they they almost didn't have a clue. Like Danny said, no idea what what they were trying to do, what what trying to play. And I don't think they did either. It was just that pass, 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 knock it up front. Kid up, mm. kid up that. Is it Cooper? Their centre back is about yeah. nine foot two, yeah. and they're knocking up top to Connor Washington. It's like, come on, we, we can see. Like, don't you don't need you don't need Taylor on sidelines to stop doing that, lad. It's not working. Mm. And it, it, it was just all missing. Um, so players have got to stand up and say, right, look, we were we were terrible. Let's uh, let's sort out whoever whichever eleven are on pitch next week. Let's let's do it. Mm. Yeah. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, let's move on to some sort of rumours that come forth today. I know Mick's not going to like this because Mick hates rumours. But we're going to talk about it anyway. And we have to do stress that these are rumours. There's no sort of real background to them. But there are suggestions that there are some unhappy bunnies in the in the dressing room. Um, certain people sort of wanting to go because of previous manager leaving um, and unhappy with Matt Taylor's methods and potential issues in Cyprus, potentially. Um, how important is that if they are true, Mick? And again, Mick, I know it's, it's a big if, but if these rumours do turn out to be true that there are some seriously unhappy players in that dressing room, that's a massive issue. And where, where do you go from that? Do you go, right, Matt Taylor's well, bringing your own men? Do you just say, right, get on with it because you're, you're a professional? Um, I've come to the wrong person, don't I? Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. I mean, what, what what are we saying here? We, we, we're saying that the professional footballers, they know what the job is, they know what they've got to do. And then we're saying we're going to throw Teddy out at court because they don't, they don't like what somebody's telling them, asking them to do. The professionals, they will get on with it. You know, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to go through social media and look at all the all the garbage rumours that come out, you know, Minan's aunties, dogs, cats, brothers, sisters, <laughs> owners, just seeing somebody in Chippy who said Ben Wilds is not happy. I mean, it's just, it's just whatever. If they were true, let's assume they are true. For Why? Laugh. <laughs> well, either, listen, listen. I, I've, I've oh, heard... I, think, I forgot to that time ago. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! I, I've heard that Chio Benny's going to start going to sign a new contract and, and he's going to take a wage cut. That's what I've heard. <laughs> it's got as much validity as anything else that you've heard. You know what I mean? Why? Why do the the problem with it is Matt is that, that these rumors these rumors start and then they start to snowball, then they start to snowball again, and then they get out of control. And all it does is create a culture and an atmosphere. Of, of, of negativity about everybody, about supporters, about around the club. So then we turn up at a game, nobody says a word, it's as quiet as a mouse. Players start losing more confidence because they're already on their asses in terms of confidence. You know what I mean? Why do we do this? I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Support the club. We're not doing very well. I, I accepted. We can criticise people and we can criticise players, managers, chairman, Whatever you want, that's fine. That's what we do. That's we football supporters. Everybody does it. But ultimately, get behind the club instead of trying to subvert. In trying to sub, basically trying to subvert it. Why do you do it? Why? It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Honestly, not you personally, in just in general. But yeah, you personally actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Why? Do, why? What's the point? Because if they are true, it's it's important. It would be if important they if there were any grain of truth in it. But you've no, you've no sort of provenance for what you've been told or what we're told on social media, not you personally, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, I don't know, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And, and it, it, all it does is harm. It doesn't do anybody any good at all for me. It's just nonsense. I'll ask Danny. Sorry, I don't worry about it. On this, it, again, the, the, the rumours have sort of surfaced. I suspect they've been going on for a while, but Shelley RC asked the questions. Do you also think maybe Matt Taylor giving a few home truths to certain players as opposed to the previous manager, which you can't say because it's found in the swear jar, as opposed to being a nice guy? If there are issues in the dressing room, it's 
based on what we've seen from Matt Tilly until yesterday to what we saw from the previous management, it's night and day in terms of in terms of personal methods, in terms of man management. That's going to either take time to get used to, or it's going to upset a lot of the dressing room. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You say it's night and day. It's it's a bit like calling the previous manager a shih tzu and Matt Taylor's coming like a Rottweiler. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's not the case at all because Matt Taylor is a very nice person. I should mm. know because I've met him. So, haha. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, every manager has a different approach to football. You know, the previous manager's approach isn't going to be completely the same to another manager's approach to football in the same sense that even though Neil Warnock and say Chris Wilder are similar ethos of manager they're not going to be the same um, approach wise to dealing with players because obviously every person is completely different Um, but I do think Matt Taylor is a little bit more football orientated rather than the things that go on behind the football orientated which is what the previous manager was you know, because the previous manager had the whole thing of why you're doing it, what um, you're doing it for your family, for this yeah. and other. Why'd you put on your football shirt and go out there and perform, basically? Whereas with Matt Taylor, sort of, is the approach of how do we get it all together and how do we get the football team being the best it can be from a football perspective, not from you know uh, what you had for tea last night perspective to put a little bit of a comedy approach on it. Um, but from what we've at least been heard and, and been sent privately, it sounds like Matt Taylor is the man on the touchline doing it on the uh, doing the business on on the pitch per se, whereas it's his assistant that's the more coach approach and the conditioning approach. Um, and if that's his setup, that's his setup. You know, we, we've brought Matt Taylor in because he plays a similar system but not the same system, you know, because, again, it's not every every manager's approach is different. I wouldn't quite say it's night and day different. I'd say we've brought someone in who may have looked at our squad and gone, actually, we need to completely shake it up and it's just not fit working yet. But with uh, with Matt Taylor, he's not, he's not going to sit them down and be that confrontational like he was in his interview. I think that was just a bubbling of, of frustration, maybe a little sprinkling of trying to get the best out of him and maybe not wording it correctly because, like I said, sledgehammer to a brick wall. Um, but I, <laughs> it's just a difficult one with Taylor. And, but I don't think it's night and day yet, Matt. Until, until, hey, until we get the BBC Sounds podcast, we will never know how <laughs> night and day it was. And that's all I'm saying. Okay. It's, it's almost like it's flipped because um, uh, Richie, which I'm actually allowed to say and not put a pound in the pot, because Richie Barker was more of your, your Rottweiler mm. sort of character who would really have, have a do at him. And then the previous uh, manager proper, he was your more of a what goes on behind everything. Um, and I think it's now swept. I think the assistant is more of the coach and conditioning side of it, whereas the, um, Matt Taylor in the front man is a little bit more of the telling the players how it is. If that makes sense. At least that's my perception of it anyway. Interesting. Um <clears throat> don't see says Matt the conspiracy theorist. No. <laughs> no. Just I like a good rumor. It's just good stuff, good stuff to talk about, isn't it? We do a podcast where we just speculate. That's literally what we do is speculate and then review a game that's happened. <laughs> um but Paul Wonk says we have to agree with Mick. Yes, we've been poor lately, but some of the fans on social media have been ridiculous. He suggests about the tone she would quite uh about being tight and doesn't care about things like that. Uh, we'll come to transfer business in a moment. John Morrell says, Taylor is clearly the modern-day coach. Like many of these 
these days. Your old manager is clearly old school, but both can be successful players to do it, need to do a job. Anyone not on board, ship them out. Yeah. Do you have anything to add on sort of that, that sort of side of things that um, could could may, mainly about? I th- I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's much difference in the old manager and what because the room is circulating. Obviously, what we are, something happened in Cyprus with a certain player. Um, publicly said something in front of the team, but so did the previous manager. Mm. If anything, worse because it ran a, a moment of truth BBC documentary th- type thing where we heard yeah. him in dressing room publicly, you know, saying you're this, you're that, you're letting us down, you let yourself down. So that happens in football. You know, managers that their their job is to get the best, however way they do it, get the best out of the player. Um, you know, you can't be nice all the time. Uh, I, I totally don't agree with what he did yesterday his interview, but. Behind the scenes at a training ground, especially somewhere in Cyprus, he can say what he wants to them players if it, that's his job. Um, Mick's right. We'll never know. The only people who know it's true is them two people in particular. So we can talk about it. But I, I don't think he's doing anything different. I think he's doing his job as a manager, um, whether he does it in front of him in, in, a, in his own room. But what? Uh, sorry, nearly said the word. The other manager <laughs> did it with a microphone on in, in front of everybody. So no mm. difference for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mick, anything, any more rumours you want to address, Mick? Or... Okay. I'm in the East Coast. Ian Bradley's still on some of the players, suggesting some of the heads have been turned. He's certain of that, potentially. Um, Reg, Reg in the comments has heard a rumour from somebody close that Woody and Taylor had fallen out. No. Again, these are all just rumours. Yeah. But well, let's... Uh, let's well, I mean, there's Brooke Norton Coffee's had a fallout with him, apparently. You know? Mm. Who else has not? Who else has not made squad? Oh, he must have had a fallout with him. You know, <laughs> no, Vickers is injured, but Vickers probably had a fallout with him because he could probably made bench even with dodgy shit. How, how far are we going to go with it? Come on, we can keep going if you want. If you want, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to sort of transfer business. Splash Ed UK, just Donna. Uh, what about incoming rumours? Right, let's take a few off. Yes, I was looking forward to this because it's the first January podcast. Yes, positivity, yeah. player incoming. <laughs> Um, so Shane Ferguson could be off to uh, Charlton for 50-60k or something like that uh, potentially a good deal all round to be honest with you Tom Eves is linked to Bolton by a national newspaper Matt Taylor has come out and said that's news to him um, in the post-match yesterday I don't know if he'd tell us the truth if, if that was true or not um, and the major rumour incoming Danny I'll come to you because Mick doesn't like rumours Lee Bonis I think as I say it uh, Northern Ireland in playing in the Northern Ireland League, um, a rumour of £300,000 is the rumour floated around. I mean, that's interesting to me because Matt Tilly said we're, not, we're only interested in free transfers or loans. So that's about £300,000 more than I thought we were paying for a player this month. Mm. Well, um, from from the way Matt Taylor's current interviews have been going, I'm surprised he didn't publicly call Tommy was a donkey in that interview. <laughs> um, but may, maybe he's dressed him send down and go, I can't tell them too much after that interview because we can't be having two sledgehammers at Brick's Walls in the space of 24 hours. Um, but yeah, the Lee, <clears throat> the Lee Bonis one is an interesting one because obviously we're not that clued up on Northern Irish football. I didn't know Larn were doing particularly well. Um, I had heard of them, but I thought the big teams were, you know, the likes of Dundalek and stuff like that. Um, but we had a look on, ah. you, know, you know, the uh, transfer marked website, which mm. is, is surprisingly accurate with some stuff. And 
he's had a massive upturn in value last updated last month or so, where he's jumped from about 100k to 300k or so. Um, so obviously, he's doing some sort of work mm. over in Northern Ireland. And before anyone says it in the comments section, yes, I know what you're all thinking. Is he championship standards? Will he cut it in the championship sort of thing? Um, but from the position he plays, it sounds like he's a player that could suit Taylor's more um, so, you know, like a sort of um, wing-backy sort of thing, playing with wingers, that sort of thing. I've seen a few people rumouring that it's Chio that's off and he's coming in and he's, as his direct replacement. I've seen other people saying we're going we're gonna to have a do at him regardless of what happens with Chio. Um, and if I'm being completely honest, if the club were to spend about 300-ish K on one player, I think it would get a few fans excited, if I'm being completely honest. I think hearing the whole thing, it's going to be loans and frees and then suddenly we've put 300K on the table and got the player. It's like Tony's willing to spend his money. You know, um, but yeah, I think um, if Gio stays for the season, which at the minute that's a little bit up in the air too, mm. it'd be a very, very solid backup to Gio or potentially a player to mm. just shake up systems a little bit. Um, but yeah, you'll have to come back to me when I've done a bit of research on Lee Bonis. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, he's got a very fitting name that could be turned into Lee Wanis. So, if we get him and we go down, be ready for that from the IUFC. <laughs> yeah. You've just given him content here, Danny. League one is. I've all just got that. <laughs> hey, I'm telling um, you, he's not paying me. I'm, I'm the secret PR manager behind the scenes. <laughs> um, Donna says she's got family in Northern Ireland, uh, and so they, they say he's a great player. AJ Miller points out that Dundalk Bohemians, uh, I think Kelly came from Bohemians, they're Southern Ireland. Bonis is yep. Northern Ireland, so they are separate mm. leagues, obviously, uh, for many reasons. Um, but it's still nowhere near the, the championship. And we know, we know it's taken Georgie time to get get used to playing at this level. Um, yeah, I mean that's what we need, Kev. We, 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 we you need a striker. We probably need we need about three, four wide players. You need beefing up in central areas. Three hundred k being spent. We're not going to sp- right now. We're not going to spend it. I don't think. What, what do you reckon? No, I don't think we are. I think you know it's when Matt Taylor's come out, and you know we all know like, he likes to speak to radio, and he's he said he's, he's only looking at frees and uh, and loans. That's clearly come from above. Mm. He's been told that, otherwise he would be looking at these kind of players. Um, ideally, we need half a dozen, maybe to eight new players because we are we are going to lose a couple. Um, mm. I think Ferguson will go. I think Bowler's maybe going on loan to Orient, I believe, or so, so a room rumor mix. Sorry. Who's going to Orient? Sorry, <laughs> uh, but I thought I've been told right. Bowler might be going along to Orient. But yeah, we need we need half a dozen, maybe eight players coming in, um, especially up, up top. Um, Kelly's obviously not fit, but we need some. Uh, would it might be being a bit pessimistic? Would a three hundred thousand pound unproven Irish striker excite me? No, I don't think it would. I think we need maybe a bit of experience. There's players who you know, there's players out of, out of favourite clubs. I, just in one of the comments about Lee Gregory, I don't think there's a Swap with Barlasa, but he's out of favour at Sheffield Wednesday. He's not really getting a game. I'd, I'd have him at Rotherham. I know he's from Wednesday and he's in League One, but I'd take him. Mm. Yeah, I would. Um, make Shane Ferguson possibly on his way out for some money. Um, I like Shane Ferguson last season. I don't think he's up to championship standard. For me, that's a perfect deal all round. Again, assuming yeah. it's true. Bit of, bit, of, bit of cash our way, money off wages. 
and he gets to go play back down in well, he played for Millwall yeah. now in Charlton. I'm not sure how popular that's going to be. Um, oh, well, it feels like yeah. a good fit. Yeah, and if, if if it's good for if it's good for Shane Ferguson, then then that's fine. As long as we're going to get somebody in uh, into replacing, but we we've got Bramall, we've got Bowler. As Kev's just suggested might be going out on loan. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't know. I mean, they made me smirk a little bit earlier on when Danny said, you know, about somebody fitting our style of play. Well, we ain't got a style. <laughs> what of style play. of play? <laughs> you know, I, I might as well take my boots down the training ground because I could fit our style of play because I don't do all. <laughs> <laughs> you run around too much of it. Listen, I'm really, really good at not closing players down. I'm, I'm, I'm really good at it, so I'm, I'm, I'm up for this, definitely. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, we've got to talk about the stuff that's gone off on social media, Danny, with the, the, the sort of questions on towards Tony Stewart, uh, which we briefly touched on last time, to be honest with you. But, uh, but now the transfer window's here. Let's talk about it some more. Um, there are. There's two ends of the spectrum, to be honest with you. If you look on social media, there's two ends, isn't there? There's certain people who I think Mick will probably fall into this category of Tony Stewart spends what he wants, he's the owner of the football club, he can do what he, essentially do what he wants. There are some people who have now got to the point of Stewart out. Um, I'm probably somewhere towards the Mick side of things, but I, I'm, I understand the frustration of people and it feels like a big window for everybody. It feels like a big window for Matt Taylor to get to, to get the players in, in who he wants. It feels like a big window for Tony Stewart to show that he is willing to back the players and back the club in, in general. Um, it's It feels like things are turning, to be honest with you, uh, at the minute. Yeah, it's um, not to sound too dramatic, but it's sort of turning into an Alamo moment, mm. or at least that's the vibe that you're getting off it. Um yeah, I'd say I'm more towards mixed side of it as well. I mean, the way I look at the way you run a football club, if you're up to your eyes in debt, plummeting down the leagues, can't win a game, win a games for toffee, and you're starting to loiter towards a dangerous end of League Two, that's and maybe in our case League One, that's when you start calling for the chairman to to go and to, to be a change of board at the club. I think. In terms of, if you look at it from a wider perspective of the league that we're in, I'd say he stays put and I'm in mixed camp with, he's the owner, he can basically do what he likes. I think if when it gets to the time where the club's majorly dropped off and we're starting to lurk towards the bottom end of League One, that's when, you know, the, the Stuart Out placards are out, I think. And I think the... the um, the Stuart out reaction right now is just the sudden gut reaction of it's changed so suddenly that, you know, it, it has to be the chairman's fault and we need more investment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I'm in the same camp as you two lads with it. Okay. Um, Adam Hardcastle says he wants to hear from Kev on this one. <laughs> um, I'm in other camp. <laughs> I can't yeah. be camping. I can't be camping. Further away from these two lads, I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the other side I like it is, I'll read away the other side is we get around. We're told six to eight million pounds for getting promoted, roughly. We got based on our research, you get about a million quid for winning the Papa John's through the run, and then winning the Papa John's itself. Whatever money we got for the previous management going to Derby, which would have been a reasonable amount of money, to be fair. Um, and we haven't made any permanent signings that cost any many money. Question would be that uh, is, is a question that you and other people and all of us asking is 
where's that money gone to an extent, really? Yeah, and I think that's all people want an explanation. Like we're not daft. We, we know we, we know how much we've won in last last season. We know how much. Well, rumours what what we got for Paul Warren and Co. But it it is not. He's literally not spending it. We know there's money there to be spent. There's operating budgets less than what we had come in, so there is cash there. Mm. And even if there weren't, you know, to do well in championship, you've still got to invest some money. You got to take a bit of a gamble. We're not saying spend five million pound on a strike and do this or that. Um, but there's got to be summer. But the players we let leave, where they, I know they got offer more elsewhere, but we weren't even close to matching their their salaries. And we, I don't think we made much effort to try and match match salaries. Mm. Um, so for me, mass, massive. I, I don't dislike Tony. Sharp. I'm forever grateful for what he's done for this club up until now. But for me, he's, he's just holding us back, and he, he, I'm not sure what what his gains are apart from making money. Obviously, cause that's what he did. He was a businessman, but he's got to invest. And now is his time. Now is his time to stand up. He's, he's got a massive chance now. He can. I don't think. I'm not sure what he listens to social media or anyone feeds stuff back to him. But now is his time to actually come out. I've come out and said right. This is where we're at. We don't make much money. I don't. Make, I don't take this out. I don't do that. We haven't got money to spend. And, mm. and please stop. Please stop talking about Premier League, Tony. Because it ain't happening, mate. <laughs> but no, it, it's not personal against him. I, I, I don't. I don't dislike the bloke at all. Um, spoken to him, seen him at games and all that. Not, not at all. But for me, it, the, the, you know, he need. It needs to find some. If it's not him, he needs to find an investor. He needs. He needs to. Someone needs to come in. And there has obviously we, we're all aware there has been mm. discussions. Something nearly happened. Um, it, it, it didn't didn't turn out, but so we either accepts and we all comes out and says to us, right, we are going to be a League One club again. Um, just ride with it, um, or chuck some money in, and he's got some. So, mm. um, Donna says it's completely to touch what he spends, but he shouldn't be giving false promises. That's the only issue. Mm. Um, yeah, totally. And Bradley says Stuart has to invite further investment. The one man. Ian Bradley says the one-man band dictatorship won't work mid to long term. Uh, Edward Broomhead says Tony Stewart lovers need to realise what's happening. Um, Mick, give us your view on this one. Uh, it's, not, it's not changed from previously, but there are, we are at a stage now where we've told at the start of the season that we've learned, we've learned our lessons. You know, As a club, we've learned our lessons from previous championship campaigns. Um I know the change in manager probably has probably affected that. I, I get that, but from a from a from an investment point of view, what has changed? What 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 can you visibly see as the lessons that we have learned? Can you see any? Yeah. Obviously, I, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't think I'm, I'm a million miles away from where Kev is on this. Um, okay. If I'm honest, um, I I have. I'm never going to say to Tony Stewart, dig your hand in your own bank account, spend your own money on my club because for my entertainment, I ain't going to say that. Um, you know what I'm going to what, but what I would also say is, he has made promises. He has made specific promises, and if he doesn't fall, follow through on those promises, then it, it, it makes his position a lot less tenable than it is now. Um, he. He's done unbelievable things for this football club. Unbelievable yeah. things. Things that I, as a, as a, as a sort of little lad walking through Gates at Nomo, could never, ever have imagined. Mm. However, that everybody has a ceiling, don't they? You know, Everybody's ability has a ceiling. We'll go back to that again. Looks like our players is right down at bottom. That sounds like according to Matt Taylor. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to dig in there. Um, I do think 
that Tony Stewart has taken us as far as he's going to take us. I think lower championship, upper league one is is as far as he yeah. is going to be willing to invest any of his own cash to, to get, that's the level he's going to get us to. Um, so the question now comes at one, is he going to, is he going to, is he going to follow through on his promises or is he going to renege on them uh, in terms of giving some investment to, to, to keep us in the division? Or is he going to find a new owner or somebody who's willing to pump some money into the club? However, and I keep saying it, you know, anybody pumping money into a football club wants more of it back out. So, so it's not as easy... As, as you think, and it may well be that there was something um, on the cards at the beginning of the season, but I would I would like to think, and I genuinely do think, that it wasn't right for Rotherham United. I don't think that he would turn something down that wasn't right necessarily just for him. It was all right for the club, but not for him. I don't think he would do that. I genuinely think he's got the best interests of the club long-term at heart. However, I think it's reached this point now where he's not going. I it either can't or won't take it any further. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. But he has to, it has to stand on for the promises he's made for me. It's mm. got to. Otherwise, his position, like I said, starts to look a little uh, a little bit untenable. Really, we haven't heard from him in quite a while as well. That's also something to point out. I don't think we've yeah. heard from him since the manager left. I think that's a bit of a worry, to be honest. I'm sorry. I, I, I personally think that's a bit of a worry, and I don't think yeah. I don't I don't mean a sinister worry mm. at all. Um, I don't I don't think there's anything sinister about it. I just have a bit uh, a bit, bit of concern about that. Yeah, obviously we're meant to do the fans forum. Uh, him and Rob Scott pulled out for a, a major issue. We don't we obviously don't know what they are, but we haven't heard from him since since Matt Taylor came in. Um, which is interesting. I, I thought I thought yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if we hear something next two weeks. Be honest with you, yeah. because although he may not monitor social media, something the football club does, and if they start seeing something like that, it's going to need. If he's got a, if he's got a new charm offensive, he can pull out. He's going to need to pull that out um, because the rise of people getting upset and frustrated. Look at our comments now. There's a significant amount of people very unhappy. Um, that are just you know, Stephen Thomas don't give fans false hope. That's another one. Uh, Scotty Price mm. has Tony Stewart's taken us as far as he can. He's either investors or put it up for sale. Mm. Tony is full of false promises. He always says he's gonna he's gonna uh, send send us up before just before the season tickets go on sale. Um, we we're not frustration, in it? It's frustration yeah, not, over. It's just it's every. The lessons aren't, haven't been learned, and that's the frustration. I think that's a big frustration. Yeah. It goes back to what Mitch said about the championship, the, the level of the championship this year. It is really, really poor, and it, it wouldn't take much investment to really stabilise us as a mid-table championship club. Look at, I mean, Sunderland. Uh, they're, they're not spent much. Pat, I think spent two million pound on Ross Stewart. Not much else, and I think the fifth or sixth. Now, uh, that's only two million pounds. You know, you, you could you've got your bigger clubs who could spend more, but. We're talking maybe if we had a million, million and a half pounds to buy two or three players, that, that really could be the difference. And if you look at the levels of how much finance we could drop if we go back into League One, we're not just not just money coming in, but obviously you've got your attendances. You might, we're playing Burton, we're bringing 300 as opposed to 
now which are bringing two and a half thousand. The revenue difference, surely it's worth at this stage a million or two gamble for me. I know it's not my money, so I can't <laughs> say that, but <laughs> if it were, I'd be gambling it. Mm. Yeah, I would. John Rail having fun with the with the with the sensible logic. Playing devil's advocate, at least you know who your owner is. Yeah, fair enough. It's a fair point. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, we should just clarify this: the the million pounds rent that is, is supposedly paid on, is, is paid on the ground. Now, the the Estonian fella, I think Hancock, if I got that wrong, apologies. He tweeted out that Kieran Maguire. There is a million pound rent on the stadium, but. The sponsorship on the stadium, which is from a Tony Stewart's company, pays for the rent. So it's essentially nothing, but it also means the stadium is sponsored for nothing as well. Um, there you go. I just thought we'd clear that up as much as we possibly can. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's actually paid to RU Holdings, which is owned by Tony Stewart and Richard Stewart. But again, it's, we're all we're all just speculating, aren't we? Your finance is fun, isn't it, lads? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's more loopholes in, in Sonic the Hedgehog games, isn't there? <laughs> Those three words that don't go together, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose one of the things, Danny, it's, it's maybe time we haven't asked mentioned we haven't heard from Tony Stewart for a while. It's probably time to hear from Tony Stewart, not mm. not only his words, but also his actions as well, because I could, the things we've already mentioned, frustration's becoming real now. It's not just a couple of people who always moan. This is coming from a lot of people, you know, normal people. I said normal people. I know offense to the people that always know. No, <laughs> um, but it, this it's becoming more widespread. The questions and the criticism. I would personally like to hear something over the next couple of weeks um, from the club about mm. it. Yeah, um, even if it's not a verbal words, and like we've said, it's um, actually putting the investment in there in terms of you know a, a fair bit of a signing or some. Um, Oh, what's oh, what's the words? Um, where it's a signing that's like a really good signing, but no one expected it. Marquee, <laughs> marquee. That's it. Yeah, making a, a marquee signing that is kept really quiet and isn't flown about on the rumor mill. Um, but yeah, I am I am inclined to agree. Um, like you say, Kev, it's not it's not our money, so we can't really tell Tony how to spend his money. But just that little gamble of, you know, put some more money in January and it could prove fruitful end of season, or it's a bit of a, right, we'll have to get that money back somehow and go again next season. And unfortunately, that is the nature of football now. You have, you really do have to spend money to make money in football, and a lot of clubs don't make money. Um, True. So, yeah, like, like I say, I think, it is, I think it is time that we hear from the man himself, whether it's words or actions, um, more just for a bit of fan, not not pl- a bit of fan PR as well, because sometimes no PR is really bad PR, oh, and yeah. that's and that's been something I've, I've been taught at university because it's part of our module to do PR. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. We need to hear something, even if it's yeah. something subtle, written in the in his weekly thing in the program, and it's not just like the ticking over thing in the in the program. It's the proper the man himself. I've heard what you're saying and even doing this. And then we can go, right, we've got that to expect. And if he doesn't uh, apply himself to whatever he puts in that, that's when the criticism can restart again. But to use the old cliche, Tony, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Mm. Mm. You're not the first to turn on the comments. We've had that <laughs> a few times. Um, Dominic Coward says, invite Tony on the podcast. 
Yeah. I would love that. It's more than well, yeah. It, it may have to be one of those YouTube videos where you turn the comments off. I won't um, lie. I wouldn't do it live. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, let's see. The fans want answer. And, and there's some great people at that football club that work there. Um, and I think they are fully aware of that, to be honest with you. Tony may be, may be fully aware of it himself. Um, so let's see what the next week and, more importantly, the next month brings. It's it's a huge month for the football club, to be honest with you. It's such a big month. Um, I know Mick doesn't like me saying that, um, but it is, I think. Mick? It's already been made a big month by the debacle that we've had since World Cup. Yeah. And, and that's a debacle yeah. of our own making, isn't it? Yeah. So right. uh yeah, kiss page. If Wigan and Huddersfield spend in this window, etc., we've got some we've got to do bigger and better signings. I you could add Blackpool into that. Um Yeah, we, we do know that Wigan or sorry for yeah. interrupting that. You do know that neither Wigan nor Huddersfield are going to invest anything in this Wigan will. The Bahraini yeah. owner, if it's whether it's his money or not, he'll be purchasing some yeah, stuff. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he might he might Said that he's going to pay however many million for a player and then just not turn up with money, will he? Because that's what he does with wages. So, well, that's true. Let's wait and you know see. I mean? it's, it's, they'll be able to come sticking the same thing, won't they? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let's see. Let's wait and see what. Yeah. Let's wait and see what the future brings. We, I'm certain <laughs> this is not the last time we'll be having this conversation this uh, month. Uh, <laughs> all this season. Yeah. Um, Right, let's call it there because we've gone over an hour, as we always do. Thank you for being involved and listening. If you are on YouTube, please make sure you've subscribed. If you haven't already, we're on the road to 900, hopefully before the end of the season. Get subscribing on there. If you're audio listening, your iTunes, Spotify, make sure you've subscribed on there as well. Uh, and if you are on there, give us a five-star rating because it should allow you to do that wherever it does as well. We will be back on Thursday, quite short turnaround for this one. We're back on Thursday evening to pre- preview the FA Cup third round weekend. The magic of the FA Cup goes to... <laughs> We must throw all the positivity we can do to give you an FA Cup game. I can hear their fans tapping already, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll, might, we'll try and do a scatter report for that one because I'll find out how certain Freddie is to score against us. I've mm. put in the house on that, to be honest with you, but we'll see. <laughs> um, we will pass uh, back to Thursday. Mick? We had a four-minute rant from you today. That may be a record. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, I, I, I feel a little <laughs> bit better. Not much, though. Uh, Danny, always a pleasure to have you with us, mate. Thank you very much. Enjoy your beer. Yeah, I've still got two left, so I'm happy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's like Howard Webb keeps saying to us, it is like communal therapy, having these yeah. podcasts, isn't it? I actually feel a bit better. I feel a bit better now. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, and, Kev, always a pleasure to have you with us, mate. Uh, thank you very no much. problem. Cheers, you all. Happy New Year, everybody, and we'll see you next right. time. See you guys. Bye. Cheers. Rebel. Vicious. Brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.